This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. Tonight's study is about the Lord's battle. What does the Bible say about the Lord's battle? You know, we certainly face a lot of battles in our lifetime. Maybe you're going through one right now. And as we have just mentioned, some of these needs that we know about. Uh, but I'm so thankful that as I began to do this study, I found out over and over again, we can realize that we're on the winning side as a child of God. And that no matter how big the battle is, no matter how long it is, or what it is, the Lord's with us through that battle. And many times we just have to stop and realize that. Think about that tonight. And I think that's what the study was really I'm trying to get across to you tonight. Because when I think about the date and time that we live in, you know, using the Bible as a measuring tool for what's right and what's wrong is kind of frowned upon today. You, you pull out the Word of God and tell somebody what the Word of God says, and they kind of think, well, that's fine, but, but you know, I, I got my own opinion and I got my own ideas about how to deal with this situation. But I think in the past, Christianity was kind of recognized as a solution to problems. People would come to you and say, what is, can you pray for me? What does the Bible say about this? And can you help me in this situation? And, and in the past, that was the, the belief that Christians could certainly help guide someone, pray for someone, give them a good word out of the, out of the Bible that would help them. But it's, it seems like things have just kind of turned around in this day and time that we live in. And in fact, people want to think that Christian beliefs is part of the problem instead of the solution anymore. And I, and I think I put this little statement in your outline, what was universally understood as evil is now thought of as good. And what once was good is considered evil. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that just crazy to think about how things have been turned around so much? Well, do you have a Bible verse for that? Well, I'm glad you asked. I do. Isaiah 5, let's look at verse 21 and 22. Or 20 and 21, excuse me. It says, Woe unto them that call evil Good, you see that? And good, evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And then he gives them another woe here. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. So I think the Bible is very clear about people that try to switch things around and make it fit their lifestyle, make it fit their opinion instead of God's word. And I think when we see that word woe, that means beware. Watch out for someone that's doing that. Someone that will turn around and we know something that is evil and make it out to be good. Something that is darkness and make it out to be the light. So 
it's, it's a, it's a real switch that we're seeing in our society today. And there are many people who feel like they have come to a point in their own eyes. In other words, they have shut the Bible and in their own eyes, you know what? I can decide what's good and what's bad. I can decide what's darkness and what's light instead of going to the Word of God. So we see things that are drastically changing all around us. And I think that those that attempt to live a biblical life or have the Bible as a moral standard, we start to feel the pressure of doing that today. We start to feel like, hey, people don't want to be around us that if we're going to live that way, if we're going to say this is what the Word of God says, they don't want to hear that. Well, you know, this is not something that just started in our lifetime today. This this went on, has gone on in the past. And so that's why I picked some of these verses here at the beginning of the study tonight, because I want to just set the background here as to what has happened in the past and see what God said about that. You see, when the people rebelled against the way God had set up Israel's government, the leader there was Samuel. And when Samuel saw how the people reacted, he became very distraught. He, he didn't know why in the world that they were acting the way they were and saying the things they were saying. But God turned around and told Samuel, he said, the reason for the rebellion was not because of you, Samuel, but the real reason was that they were rejecting God and refusing to obey Him. And so I think we need to keep that in mind. When people come against us as children of God, when people come against us because we stand up for what's morally right, really, when they get mad about that, it, they're getting mad at God. They're getting mad at God's Word and what God stands for. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 7 and 8, they'll put these scriptures on the, on the screen there. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee. Now here it is. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day I brought them out of Egypt, even until this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, and so do they also unto thee. And we'll find out just a little bit later on in our study tonight that we can actually, when we receive persecution, when we receive something from someone else because we're children of God, because we're standing up for the Lord, we can actually turn that around and realize, hey, I'm glad that they recognize I'm a Christian. And it may not be pleasant for me, but I'm going to be, I'm going to stay in this battle because it's the Lord's battle. And I'm going to let him take care of that. Another example back in the day was King Jehoshaphat. He, he faced an overwhelming battle army that was coming against him. And the king was reminded whose battle it really was. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 
In verse 15, he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. We need to be reminded of that sometimes. He said, Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeril. Ye shall not need to fight in the battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Doesn't it make a difference when you realize who's in charge of the battle? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to stand still. It's hard to step back many times because of how we've been approached by this battle and what's coming to our life all of a sudden. And we didn't, we weren't ready for that or we, we didn't expect something so big or so great. But yet, if we'll step back and realize, hey, I am a child of God. I am going to remember God's on my side and I'm going to rely on Him. So when we talk about the battle, let's remember who, who it is that fights the battle for us. It seems like to me the closer a born-again child of God tries to get to God, the more problems we have sometimes. You know, we try serving God, we try being faithful to God, we try to do a lot of things, and yet there are more problems that come our way. Often these challenges come from all around us. And we are always to continue to stand on the Word of God, stand for what's right. What the Bible tells us to remember is that when we are facing these challenges that come from all around us, remember this, the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Now, number one point tonight, is, I think, is a very important place to start. And we've already seen in some of these scriptures here, it's been said over and over again, do not be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Don't fear. And I think the first thing we need to realize many times when we're facing a battle is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know why that's important? Because if fear grips us, we got a battle, we got a situation. If all of a sudden just fear grips our heart, then what are we going to do? We're going to dwell on that fear and we're not going to rely on God. We're going to think, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I, I have no idea where I'm going to turn now. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in my life now. And that fear just will feed on that and, and we'll say, oh no. But if we realize there, there's a point that we have to stop and say, wait a minute, I need to trust God in this situation. Don't change what you're doing. Just continue to realize, hey, this is the Lord is with you in this battle and he will help you. Let's look at Exodus 14 and verse number 13. Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still 
see the salvation of the Lord. You know the story. The children of Israel had finally been let go from Egypt. And then Pharaoh decides, nah, I'm going after them. I'm going to get them back. And here they are facing a sea. And what are they going to do? Some of them are already saying, I wish we were going back there again. I wish we were under bondage again. But Moses stood there and said, wait a minute. Y'all folks need to realize something. God brought us out of, out of Egypt and he's going to be with us. He will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more ever. <laughs> he's getting ready to say, you know what I'm going to do in this battle? I'm not only going to protect you and get you out of it, but I'm, I'm going to take care of them. You ain't going to have to see them again. They'll be gone, wiped, wiped off this earth. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. I think when we're seeing these words, fear not, over and over and over again, that's something the Lord really is trying to get across to us. I think that's half of the battle is saying, hey, wait a minute. I'm not going to fear this situation. I'm going to trust God. I know he knew about it before I even knew about it. And he's going to be with me through that. So, yes, it's, it's not easy many times because that, that battle could be something that just hit us so suddenly. And all we see is the bad, the results that could happen. But if we'll stop and realize God's saying, don't fear, I'm able to take care of it. Number two, the battle may be spiritual, not just physical. You know, we do face a lot of physical battles, and we hear about that. Just like our prayer, prayer bulletin, we, most of those in there are physical needs, and that's a physical battle these people are facing. But just think, for every physical one, there's probably a spiritual one too. There's a lot of spiritual battles going on that we're experiencing. Now, what does the Bible say about what we should do? Ephesians 6, verse 11 and 12, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It didn't say run from him. Didn't say throw up the white flag and say, I'm done. But it's saying you need to take a stand. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. All of that is a spiritual battle. So we're facing not only the physical battles, but we're facing many spiritual battles. And there's a lot of people that are in spiritual battles day in, day out. He's saying, let's put on the whole armor. When you get up tomorrow, you don't know what kind of spiritual battle you'll face tomorrow. Just like you dress yourself with clothes, let's put on that armor too. Let's get ready for the battle that may happen that day. Let's ask God for, for help before the day even starts. And ask Him, hey, I need you today. Number three, 
The challenges you are facing may be God's way of changing your direction. That's an interesting thought because many of us, when we, when we face a battle, when it comes in our way, all we're thinking about is, okay, I've got a battle. I got something I got to deal with, something I, I've got to try to get past here or something that I got to find an answer for. Have we ever stopped and thought that that battle may be God's way of saying, you know what? I don't want you to continue the way you're going, but I got another direction for you to take. So that may be as well to stay in a line with his will. And a good example is, of course, Saul that was later on converted to Paul. And you know the story of, of, of Paul. He thought he was doing everything that he should do. He thought he was actually helping God and serving God until he discovered there were some big obstacles that God was putting in his way. And God was getting ready to make an intervention in his life. Acts chapter 9 and and verse number 3, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly, all of a sudden, at some particular point, there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth. And he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Can you imagine what he thought when he heard that voice? He thought, wait a minute. I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was headed to the right direction. What do you mean? I'm not persecuting you. And that's exactly what he said. He said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? A complete reverse, a complete change had to take place in his life. And it happened. From whatever he was riding on to the ground, it happened. And the Lord said, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what you must do. So don't be surprised if we think we're going full ahead, doing something, and yet God maybe wants us to do something else. And he may have to get our attention suddenly. He may have to send something, a battle, so that we stop and look to the Lord and say, wait a minute, Lord, am I doing the right thing here? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? So it can happen that way. Number four, expect to fight against the forces of evil. We kind of touched about that on the spiritual side of that battle. But the prophets, the biblical heroes, including Jesus, had to fight these forces of evil. And you got to expect that to come in our lifetime as well. But what should we do? 1 Timothy 6.12 Fight the good fight of faith. You see that? Fight the good fight. He didn't say lay down. He didn't say just throw up your hands and give up. But fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Listen, if we're going to tell people we are children of God and the Lord is on our side and I believe in Jesus and He's the one that's going to strengthen me and help me, well, you, you know what? When the battle comes, we better... Go through with that. 
That profession of faith, someone's watching. You see, it's easy for them to watch us when everything's going good. It's easy for us to smile then. But when the battle comes and we've got to all of a sudden face something we, we didn't like, we don't want in our life, then the profession of faith. Well, how about you? I thought you was a Christian. You know, how many times do we get that thrown in our face? I thought you was a Christian. Of course, they don't understand that Christians doesn't make you exempt from problems and things that happen in our life. But I do think as children of God, we shouldn't give up so easily. We ought to say, hey, you're right. And I'm going to trust God too through this. I'm going to pray until I get a breakthrough. Second Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. Kept it. There comes many times when we thought faith is tried. Have we kept the faith through all of that battle? And then John 15, 19. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hateth you. We find that many times we need to stop and realize, you know what? I might be in this world, but I'm just passing through. That's This world's not my home. And so I, I don't expect people to love me in the world. I don't, I don't expect them to wrap their arms around me and say, well, praise the Lord, you're, you're a child of God. Most of the time that's not going to happen. But the Lord has chosen us. And we need to realize that when the battle comes, we're going to face those evil forces. Number five, most opposition Christians may face may be directed at them. And this kind of goes back to my introduction tonight. But it actually is opposition towards God. And, and I, that's why I, I think we need to remember that. It's not that folks don't want to have anything to do with you as children of God. They just don't want to have anything to do with what you stand for. They don't want to hear you talk about what God's Word says. And many of those, many of us, you can remember before you got saved, we probably mocked other Christians before we got saved. We probably had a negative influence on them. I think many times lashing out against Christians is often a way for people to kind of cover up of their own guilt that they have in their life, their own sins. But John 7 and verse number 7, the world cannot hate you, but it hateth, but me it hateth because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. I was teaching on that chapter in Sunday school. Jesus was actually having a conversation with his earthly brothers. And it sounded like they were encouraging Jesus to go on up to Jerusalem to the Feast of Booths they're going to have up there. You go on up there, Jesus, and tell them who you are and, and make a big scene and everybody will just love you. And they, they weren't really for Jesus. They were hoping he'd go up and get arrested 
and even possibly killed at that particular time. So what did Jesus do? He turned around and talked to them. He said, you know what? The world's not going to hate you. You know why? Because <laughs> you're part of the world. But it hateth me because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. So when you tell someone what God's Word says and they get convicted about the sin in their life and they get mad at you, they're actually getting mad at God. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. And this is what we need to keep in mind. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Don't, don't stop and say, what in the world? I thought, I thought that I was serving you, Lord. Why am I going through something? He said, don't think it's strange. As though some strange thing had happened to you. But you remember what I said earlier? Here's the way you turn it around. But rejoice in so much that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Have you ever stepped back and thought about what Jesus did for us on the cross and think, man, what I do for him is just so little in compared to what he done for me? Well, I got news for you. Don't pass up that opportunity to be a partaker in his sufferings. If someone is giving you a, a rough way to go because you're a child of God, praise the Lord. And that's what that's talking about there. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of. But on your part, he is glorified. It's actually a way for us to turn that around and give honor and glory to God. Where he can get the praise for. So we can either let that battle defeat us or we can say, you know what? I'm a partaker in Christ's sufferings. You may feel that way towards me. That's okay. That's okay. I just pray that one day you'll see the light. You'll know Jesus as your Savior. All right, John 3, 19 through 20. This is the condemnation. The light is coming to the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. It's no surprise why people don't want to come running to Christ. You know, it, it, is a, it is a true fact that men love darkness rather than light. That's why we're here, children of God. Brothers and sisters in Christ, that's, that's why the Lord saved us, so we can penetrate that darkness with the light of the gospel. So it's going to be in the world. It's going to happen all around us. Number six, we are to overcome difficulties God's way. And this is an interesting thought as well. If I'm going to face a battle, I know what God's word says, then how am I to overcome this? Am I trying to come up with some solution on my own or am I going to do it God's way? I think many times when we try to get rid of the battle on our own, we, are, we begin luring ourselves into the ways of the world. Well, you know, I'll just, I'll just kind of slide back here and, 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 and not really say anything else about Jesus and, and really just not 
you know, try to push the situation with this person and I, I just be quiet about it and just, well, you know, I don't think God wants us to do that. I think when we're handling unpleasant situations God's way, when we're doing it as a godly example, then God's going to get the glory out of that. We're to be that light in a sin-dark world. You think about it this way. How will they see the right way if we're going to close our mouth and not say anything else about what Jesus says? How are they going to find that way? Romans 12, verse 17, recompense to no man evil for evil, provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. I like that scripture. If it be possible. I almost say, that almost I kind of read in that sometimes it's impossible almost <laughs> to live with some people. I mean, you know when you need to turn around and just go the other way. <laughs> if it be possible though, try to do as much as you can. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. And I, I've said it before. You let the Lord take care of him. He can do a much better job than you and I can. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, didn't say if your friend got hungry, did it? It said if your enemy. So, you know, it's, it's a little harder now, isn't it? We're talking about somebody that's been mean towards you, but you see them in need. What are you to do? Feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. Because in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Haven't you ever run across a situation when somebody really has done you wrong and yet you continue to show them kindness and you continue to show them God's love and at some point they say, why are you still acting that way towards me? You should be hating me. You should not have anything, won't have anything to do with me. But because of God's love in you, because you see that person as a soul that has a need, you continue to do that. So instead of trying to get even with them, you just do it God's way and the coals of fire will be heaped upon their head. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, 15. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Not just friends, but all men. First Peter 3, 16, 17, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, that they may be ashamed that falsely accused you Good conversation in Christ. You know what? As a Christian, how many times have you been falsely accused of something? 
Oh, yeah, that can happen. Boy, they, they, they got the story straight. But you know that it tells us if we, if we know we're right, we're living right for God, we've got a good conscience about it. For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. So once again, doing it God's way is a different way than what normally we would do in the flesh. And our last verse is 3 John 1.11, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Boy, you can tell a difference in a person that's really a child of God, I think. That's the way it ought to be. Folks, remember, we're always on the winning side. I don't know what kind of battle we may face in these days ahead, or you're facing right now. But never step back and think, you know what, I think I'm on a losing side. No, you're not if you're a child of God. You hear people say, well, I just can't win for losing. It's one thing after another. Well, sometimes it's like that. But the battle is the Lord's. Let him fight the battle. And you'll be victorious. And that's what the Bible says about the Lord's battle. Amen? Amen. God bless you. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, Visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.